Hello, everybody. Welcome to Entrepreneurs in Small Rooms Drinking Coffee. I'm Rob Kennedy, and we're here with another investor edition of the show. And we're here with Sam of IGAN Partners. How's it going, Sam? It's going very well. Thanks for coming on to the show. Pleasure. Making the time. Um, why don't you tell us what uh, IGAN Partners is about? When did you guys start and what do you do? So IGAN Partners is an early stage venture capital investment group. Uh, we both sort of run a syndication group. So we find companies and we syndicate deals. We, we, we invest first and then get a whole bunch of people to syndicate. And then we have our own fund, typical GPLP VC fund called Rowan Wood Ventures. And those coexist together. And we've invested in about a tw uh, 12 companies in the last four years. Um, we do uh, a lot of software, um, uh, B2B SaaS kind, kind of companies. And then we do uh, MedTech, which is basically digital imaging, so ultrasound, fluorescence, all that kind of stuff used in, in, in medical applications, and uh, um, healthcare IT. So and when you say early stage, what does that mean to you? So it means different things for different groups. Okay. So for, for, for the medical devices, it means like really prototype in a lab, scientists, no team. So we've taken many technologies right out of the lab or the research uh, institute. Um, what we need is proof that it works. So the clinical trials show it works. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're convinced about the clinical trial. Then we'll pour some money in, help build a team, and commercialize the product, get regulatory approvals, and bring them to market. So that's pretty early. There's absolutely no revenues for a long time. Right. But as long as we're convinced uh, of the market sizing and the the amount of capital required to bring it to market, then you know we'll we'll uh, we'll make a calculated guess. On the software side, uh, we want to see a little bit of revenue. So you know, not millions. Uh, we want to see if somebody's actually paying for this, so we can talk to customers and find out why why they like it. It may not platform may not be finished, but why they like it. So so it's pretty early as compared to most other VCs. Right, and and that's a riskier place to be actually. Yeah, so mo most people consider seed investing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and so what? what um, you're Toronto-based? Tor yeah, Toronto and only an office in Toronto, but you invest globally. No, we invest only in Ontario. So Ontario. we invested. We only invest in the majority in Toronto, but also in Waterloo, and we've invested in one company in Ottawa. Okay, and and the rationale behind that is early stage. You got to be close to them, hold their hands. You know something's going to mess up, so you got to be there. And if you have to take a flight, it's too long. Right, right. right. Yeah. And then in terms of like, do you have a thesis, or is it just you have a predilection for certain kinds of like those spaces, or do you have an investment thesis? So we have on? we have on the medical side, we have a, you know our thesis is that. Anytime you can get information, so on the medical device side, we primarily focus on imaging, right? Um, and our thesis is that, you know, costs are coming down, everybody needs outcomes. So anytime you can get information into the clinician's hands before he or she intervenes using imaging, right? You're gonna bring costs down and you're gonna be, outcomes are improved. So that's kind of the thesis. So we're looking for really innovative imaging technologies that can give that kind of information to the clinician before they start treating the patient with, mm -hmm. with very expensive stuff. And we also think that IT is going to transform uh, the way healthcare is done. So that's our second, it's one of those, it's a huge industry and they're really slow at adopting stuff. I mean, hospitals in Canada are still doing stuff on paper. It's a little bit crazy. Um, so we think software obviously is going to um, uh, transform that vertical. So we're looking for innovative companies there. Then we also look at other verticals that have that are big and are apt for disruption from software. 
so like we have a company that's aimed at police forces. Police forces have been doing the same thing for 30 years. Software is going to change things, right? We have a company that's aimed at um, uh, at uh, uh, just having a, a, a momentary lapse, uh, like data, mm -hmm. right? Like numerical data on the internet, right? Quandle mm -hmm. is just you know people buy Bloomberg terminals for twenty-five thousand dollars a year, but eighty-five percent of that information is freely available on the internet. So if somebody were able to digest that information and give it to the masses, you kind of have a Bloomberg killer, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we're looking for transformative companies like that, uh, that uh, think research. One of the, one of the largest uh, uh, growing companies in Canada right now um, in terms of delivering standardized best practices to the bedside. For So that kind of stuff. So if you... Um if you you have a thesis and you're sort of executing on that, d does an investor ever, before we get into you, I'm just curious, does an investor ever prove the thesis out, kind of wash their hands and say, all right, on to the next one? Does that ever happen? What do you mean? Like, like well, you have a work? thesis and you're like, <laughs> well, no, it's just like, okay, you've gone into the healthcare space, you've proven the imaging, you can yeah. make those decisions with imaging, you can reduce the cost of delivering healthcare, increase outcomes. Yeah. You've done that for a few startups and yeah. you're like, okay, I think we've proven our investment thesis, oh, or do I you carry on with that? As part of the portfolio, and I think we just we stick to our knitting. So so yeah. so as an entrepreneur, I've proven out that that uh, before I was a, a VC, I was an entrepreneur. So I've proven it's a that segue. Uh, proven that out. <laughs> yeah. But I think you know you you know you stick to your knitting. You know you, you stick to stuff you really know. These things are not like one hit wonders. Like when 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 you're going to transform an entire industry like healthcare or uh, you know police forces or whatever vertical we're aiming stuff at. Uh, it's going to be a long time, and it's going to be massive. So it's not like you just have to keep finding new green territory. Just focus. Right. Yeah. Uh, as as you'd want your startups to do, I imagine. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so then you you uh, that's a great segue to you were your pedigree is an entrepreneur yourself. Did you just like when did you start doing that? So I was always a uh, tech junkie. So uh, when I was growing up, it was time when. Uh, computers were just sort of becoming mainstream, and you know you had uh, read a lot of science fiction. So I always wanted to become a tech in tech. So that, I went and did an engineering degree in electrical en engineering and computer science, and then wound up working for um, a big American tech company. And uh, uh, you know that was fun, but it's not what I wanted to do, right? And I realized, okay, my, my, I'm not involved in like really innovative tech. So I went back and did an MBA, and got hired by a big American consulting company to do uh, Fortune 500 consulting. And that was a great school, flying you know all over the place. Most of our clients were out of Toronto. And I woke up one day and said, again, I'm not doing what I want to do, right? So I kind of left that, and I, I just said, okay, you know what? I'm going to look for something really cool, and I'm going to you know put a lot of sweat equity, raise money, whatever, and try to build something. So my view of things as well as I was not the, the inventor, but I was maybe the person who could commercialize it. So right. that, you know, so so that kind of entrepreneurial spirit, like a, a, a you know. Not so did you did you hunt for an idea? That yeah, somebody I, had an idea, or you had an idea that you were. No, I hunted for ideas. I hunted for ideas. And this was pre also, also trying to develop my own ideas, but I found that other people's ideas were better. <laughs> Fair enough. And this was pre like the cool hip, the latest thing is the lean startup stuff. This is yeah, pre, yeah, pre that. Just, it was it was uh, yeah it was kind of the the uh, late nineties early two thousands so around the dot com yeah around the dot com kind of bus yeah and so did you just like 
find somebody with an idea and p- partner up with them and go? Yes, that's kind of what it is. And it was bootstrapped or? It was bootstrapped, a little bit of capital, like like bootstrapping capital, like a couple hundred thousand dollars or whatever. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, we'd, we'd get to some benchmark and then maybe raise a little more money and then keep going that way. It wasn't sort of. It wasn't institutional. No, money. it wasn't was never like institutional money. And I, and I never sort of got that institutional sort of formula, right? Um you mean you never understood it? I never understood never it. Maybe you didn't even know about it, right? Okay. So, you know, it was just kind of more, uh, you know, doing the, 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 you know, figuring things out a bit as, as I went. <laughs> what was the, com- what did the company do? That, that so, so that was uh, the, the IPPBX company. So okay. um, basically found a company that had, uh, was, it was, uh, this was a very sort of opportunistic thing. It was public on the Toronto Stock Exchange, ran out of money, had a cool product, I thought I could, you know, downsize, and 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 so I took it, so took over, put some money together, took over the company, um, then finished it and uh, finished the product, and we sold it to an American company. Oh, that I wasn't see. a great outcome. It okay. was it was uh, it was okay. Okay. But uh, but you know, it was a pretty interesting sort of uh, play. And that was enough to whet your appetite that you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I should do more of this. Yeah, exactly. And then, so what was your next? So venture? The, the next venture was a uh, was well. I, there was one company that uh, we I completely failed in, right? Which okay. was a, before uh, or after? It was before uh, uh, Trilink. Okay. Uh, it was um, uh, it was a consumer. It was a green product. Okay. So this was like the late '90s, right? And I met a chemist who had a way of making industrial soaps but green. Okay. okay? So I thought that was pretty cool. You know, I you know maybe saw them. Green coming on, right? So, so um, partnered with him, put a little money in. Uh, we got some vats and started selling. And, he, and his products were cool, but he was, uh, you know, for lack of uh, better words, uh, you know, not uh, the easiest person to work with, nor probably uh, in sound mind. <laughs> Fair enough. And that, so, and that was like again bootstrap. Did you bootstrap? Was okay. bootstrap? And then we we uh, you know. Bootstrap with just a couple hundred thousand dollars. I don't know. Some people bootstrap. Yeah, to me, it's some like people, it, it's to me bootstrapping is you take money out of your pocket, you spend yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And then if you get this like was a a, some of my money. No, this was money? some of my money, and then you know getting a little bit from from the network, right? Right. Uh, and so, but I consider that bootstrapped. You know, yes. uh, 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 that's and we kept it nimble. We got some vats, started getting some orders. Stuff really worked, but this guy was like, you know, cuckoo, and I just had to get out of it because it was. Well, did, did you just like sell your shares? Sell, you sold back the back shares. To him? Yeah, 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 back to him. Uh, and that didn't spoil you off of the entrepreneurship. No, thing. but it taught me a lot about picking your partners very well. And what did right. you learn? You you got to It's more important than the idea and or anything is or the people. It's a fundamental thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you it's easy to say or or, or or believe, but until you actually do it. Right. But can uh, you tell, like, I mean, often, you know, you're, you're, you're shooting the shit with somebody and you're like, hey, you know what we should do? Lasers. And then you start making them. Yeah. Uh, and then you get down to a point and then you're like, oh, this person's great. Like, can you, can you, are there signals? Yeah. How do you know? I, I think, I think they're probably, at that point I was, you know, oblivious to any signal. Sure. So now I'm sort of really focused on that. Yeah. So I, I think if somebody's really good, they could still camouflage it. Mm-hmm. But... But if you're tuned with 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 the the signals, you'll get it out of them. You'll get it out of them. And what are, are have you seen? Get, we're going to get to it, but you've done a couple ventures now. You've invested in a ton. Yeah. Are there like commonalities that you see 
that you're like, okay, this person like never answers the phone or never wears pants. Or like, gets upset for unusual things or things like that, right? Are you looking for actual insanity? No, 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 no. I'm looking for personality traits that are not conducive, that, that are not conducive to, to success in general. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so is there, like, if entrepreneurs are listening, what can they do to, are there any signals or any, like, rule of thumb that you have? Are you, like, a little cheat sheet where you're like, okay, you know, what? gets no. angry at soup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Yelling you know. at the window. No, I mean, just, just uh, uh, if, you know, advice to give entrepreneurs is just treat people nicely, you know. Right. Uh, uh, it's a very, very simple, you know, just you can't. You can't develop this. You can't be like a psychopath and then, you know, and hide it. You know, well, that, it's true. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so, but it's almost the easy thing, right? Like I've, I've run companies where like everything seems great and then you start to date yeah. and then you get married and then you're like, oh, I see how you, so, you know you, what I mean? Like, there's a great book called, I forget who wrote it, called Suits and Snakes. Okay. Uh, no, Snakes and Suits, sorry. Okay. Uh, uh, and uh, it runs through all these. So personality you, types. Be, personality like types, okay, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. If we find it, we'll link to it in the show yeah. notes. Um, okay, so you, you've done, you had the first company that failed, you weren't turned off, you did another one where you bought the assets, sold them for uh, something. Yeah. Then you went on to venture number three. Which, which was, was yeah, uh, Brighter Minds, which is a, was a multi. So Brighter Minds was coming on right when we saw the movement from, you know, the old digital media, which was on PCs and CD-ROM, right? Yeah. To the internet. Yeah. So the idea there was, um, uh, start a company that uh, can create content that is for both, right? So that we can cover that both markets. Mm -hmm. That was the original assumption. So, um, you said Macromedia director, I would assume. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, uh, yeah, they, they were used, no, they, no. I like to date myself yeah, on yeah, podcasts. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so Macromedia was, was, was uh, yeah, part of it, but I, they used more advanced stuff than that. So what happened is we, we I met a guy uh, who, who had a PhD in education actually, uh, and had some good access to PBS, right? And uh, and PBS Kids, right? That at that time was still probably the number one children's sort of channel. Now it's Nickelodeon or whatever. Um, it's a shame. Yeah. So we got what we we got a lot of content, and we created content that was both for the uh, educational content for younger kids. It was both for computers and for internet. Um, and then we actually branched out into um, other, like real, real media, like like uh, textbooks and uh, books and stuff like that. Okay, okay. So what we would be, the, the, the idea we did that was we become the one-stop uh, uh, value licensors to the big brands. So they could come and go, give it to Brighter Minds, and they'd have software all across uh, multimedia. Across, yeah, multimedia. So we did yeah. books, we did we did uh, DVD games, we did uh, uh, you know remember the DVD games that they were like do, yeah yeah we did all that stuff, software, CD-ROM, internet stuff, right. Um, so that company was uh, really successful uh, for for a while, and we, you know, we, uh, I owned a lion's share, but um, it was growing and profitable, uh, doing like ten million in revenues and and, and growing and profitable. Mm -hmm. uh, we took it public on the TSXV in two thousand and six. So it was bootstrapped. It was in the bootstrapped. angel investment. Kind yeah, of yeah, flavor, kind of way. Yeah, but yeah. you didn't get any venture money at the time. No, never got no. venture money for it. And, and then you took it public. And took it public on a TSX fee. How do you decide when to do that? Well, you know, they were they, we, they 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 liked what. Uh, and what, what year was this approximately? Two thousand and six is when okay, it happened. Okay. So two thousand five, met somebody said, "Oh, you should really take this company public. It's really rocking." Is it weird to not like? The current narrative for techie kind of startupy kind of companies is get a couple rounds. 
maybe go public, but you usually do some venture rounds before you yeah, go public. Yeah, so never did a venture round. Never did a venture Is round. Is it weird to go from seed funding angel mm -hmm. round to bootstrapping your own revenue? Yeah, your own revenue no, I think, I think, you know, we were profitable. Yeah. So we didn't really need to, to go. Uh, uh, Fair enough. To go to the VCs. So what was the rationale? So the, the liquid, liquidity, right? And, and, and also the valuation they gave us was really high, right? So we had a great valuation. And um, uh, at that point, I had already moved on to my next. I was I was I was like a, a, a hired a new CEO. I already moved on to my next startup, right? So it was a good way for me, sort of. Why Why did you not stay on? Because um, you know I've learned about myself as I can. I have good skills in getting companies started. Yes. And in the early stages, but once they get big and it becomes more about managing people and a lot about managing people, that's that's when you know. I'm not really good at that. How did you learn that lesson? Just from, I don't think people learn yeah, those lessons. Yeah, just, just uh, my, my own, my own uh, you know, uh, personality told me that that's, uh, you know, uh, when we were talking before about traveling, I was saying, like, I like to be where I want to be and not be forced to be somewhere because there's a meeting or something, right? Mm. So, so, uh, so and anyways, I, wanted, I was looking for to take this company to the next level. So I got a person with a great pedigree, worked through the best American media companies, et cetera. Um, and um, and uh, we went public. And then um, the company had way overextended itself on certain projects, uh, betting the farm uh, on some stuff, mm -hmm. basically. Mm -hmm. uh, and then oh, were you wait. on the board of that? Company? I was on the board. Yeah. What, was that the first time you'd been on the board of a company that you were not running? No. 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 It's, that happens all the time. No, but yeah. but the, in your e career, yeah, yeah, no, exactly. All those companies that I told you about, yeah. I would be get things going, and then we would bring in somebody. Oh, too. I yeah, see, yeah, I yeah, see, yeah. So, 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 um, uh, so, this. So I had been there for a few years, brought it to profitability and growth, brought in this person, bet the farm on a few products. Uh, and 08 happened. Yes. And basically, you know, it was a, a, a bit of a fire sale. But the good news is, you know, we had two years of being public and, and that you know, helped. It helped, yeah. And then how do you, you just, how did you decide who to sell it to? It's just like at the time, you're like, yeah. okay, it's it was hard. a financial buyer out of New York. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because you're just like, okay, this is the only way we'll actually yeah. see yeah. 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 And then was that tough with shareholders at the time because everyone's freaking out? You know, I thought I thought it was a disaster at the end of the world. Yeah. But everybody was freaking out about lots lot worse things in this. <laughs> you know. So I mean people were buying guns and gold, you know, like, oh you told them about this little investment that so I, I on paper lost a, a you know a lot of money and so I was obviously freaking out. Yes. Um uh but most people had lost a little bit of money, but other stuff they had lost a lot worse, right? Right. So it it just was a, like a non uh, not a big deal at all. And how did you like keep? Did you did you take money out of the business as it went? So yeah. even though that sale yeah, yeah. wasn't the best in the world, yeah, you no, still yeah. were okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so then, at at that point, did you decide, hey, I'm going to start because we talked before, you're going to maybe start doing the angel investment thing. Is were you doing that concurrently? No, not so. Then what happened is I had met my next opportunity. Before that, okay, and oh uh, three, oh four, I met a, a scientist at uh, Sunnybrook. He's a PhD in physics. He's the world's leading scientist in um, ultra high frequency ultrasound. Hmm. And I met him. It was interesting first meeting because he brought out a jug of eyeballs, human eyeballs, uh, and he showed me how he can image the back of the eye, right, okay. uh, using ultrasound. And he had this like really like this machine. I mean, it, was, it didn't look like a, a medical product at all, right? <laughs> it would have been cooler if the eye blades yeah, and, and, and then apparently that's a big deal to image the back of the eye. Not blowing up yeah, your in, eye in, in real time, right? Yeah, so in real time. 
So I said, cool, like, you know, but, you know, uh, well, anyways, make a long story short, did the research, say this is, found out this, this is great technology, but uh, uh, it, we can't apply to, to, to humans just yet. It's just too much money. We don't have that kind of money. Mm. So we started selling it. So I became, came in, partnered with him. We had a little office in the basement of Sunnybrook, and then we moved it to other offices and uh, got some money in there. And uh, we money to do what? What did you need the money for? To finish to, to make a product, product that somebody can buy without okay. wires sticking out, and you know. <laughs> yeah. um, but it was still looked like a, a Maytag machine. We used to call it the Maytag machine, um, but um, it was big and clunky. And uh, I won't get too technical, but the, the the transducer was a wobbler, which was is a bit crazy when you think about it now. But we started so selling it to people who were doing mice research, right? So so it turns out anytime anything you're going to do on a human, you mice are multi-billion dollar industry. And so people are doing mice models everywhere. And they could they could image the, the mice in real time, right? Mm. Uh, so what they would do is let's, you know, to, to make, to simplify things is you want to see how a mouse is, is reacting to a certain cancer. You put the cancer in, you, you let the cancer act for five days, you cut the mice open and then you look, right? Mm -hmm. And the next time you wait for 10 days and count the mice, you know, so, so we could actually use our technology to image the mice in real time so we can visualize the cancers, visualize all kinds of stuff. And we made it really, really powerful. Mm -hmm. And we brought in VC financing, right? This was the first time I worked with a VC. Um, the reason you needed VC financing? Because we saw that this was a huge, uh, huge potential, right? Because we, so the mar this mice market started booming. Um, and um, but what what did you need the money for? What was it to the grow to to, to fin, build to more take products? The product, yeah, to fit, to build a next generation product okay. to hire salespeople in Europe, to hire in North America, and to start looking at human clinical applications. Really? Yeah. So so um, so we did that, and then we had a a very nice exit to uh, to uh, uh, we built a very nice company. Uh, again, I was I was on the board. Brought in a, a CEO, and uh, we a new CEO, and then we brought in, we sold it to for a nice, very nice exit to uh, to uh, to uh, a U.S. company. And then, well, that, and medical is very different. I mean, yeah. Especially once you start touching people. Yeah. It's a very different kind of company Absolutely. than all of the other yeah. ones. Yeah. Um, it sounds like you're very entrepreneurial just by pedigree, just by DNA. But that space still, I mean, obviously there's a lot of opportunities. Yeah. It's not a scary space to be in because of it the is pretty of scary. capital and the amount of risk that you... It's, 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 cap, it's more capital, much more capital intensive. Um, but you can avoid, you can focus on the less capital intensive ones, which imaging is one. Okay. Because there's usually, you know, without getting too technical, but there's predicate devices. So you don't, you have simple FDA filings. Mm -hmm. You're not doing huge, you're not claim, making any claims on treatment or anything like that. So you don't have to do the full... You know, three-stage clinical trials. All you got to do is prove that it works, right? right. Um, and that it doesn't harm somebody, right? So, so, so we focus on those things, right? So, so that and that was the case here. Mm -hmm. So we, so that taught me a lot about, you know, um, you know, imaging technology, and, you know, and the modalities like ultrasound, MRI, CAT scans, etc., and how each plays in the ecosystem. But it taught me also a lot about signal processing, you know, because that's basically what it is: uh, imaging and signal processing. And that, that was my background as as, a, as an engineer was in, is in signal processing. So, so, so that's kind of how we got and and and, and built that up. And uh, uh, you know, that's that's how it happened. So you you did a bunch of entrepreneurial things, yeah. and you're like, you know. What's interesting? Investing is interesting. <laughs> you no, know, what happened is I was looking for my next little thing. Yeah. 
and uh, I started looking at companies here and there, putting some money here and there, and and then I realized over time, like you know, like and, and I'm you know got it a little bit older, and you know when you start a company, you're you know you're like the, the you know you're you're the CEO, but you're taking out the garbage and you're 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 doing everything, so it's it's heavy lifting, right? It's not for the faint of heart or or or, or the weak. <laughs> so so um, I just decided to. Uh, uh, start investing and then decide to formalize an investment group, right? So it was opportunistic kind was of opportunistic, people come yeah. to you, you so would what some interesting yeah, people. Yeah, so I was talking to my partners that were with me along the way, made some money with me along the way, and I said, you know, why don't we start a, there's a, you know, I realized that in the marketplace there was a lack of early stage capital. You had a whole bunch of VCs that were looking for later stage companies. So somebody had to be there, right? So I said, why don't we start a group and start investing in companies that we like and you know we'll syndicate the, the deals, so we'll bring other high net worth family offices in, into the deals, and that's how it happened. So I put up a shingle, right? Hired a, a few uh, employees, with some of, of which you've met, mm -hmm. and we started looking for deals. And uh, that was about four years ago. We did our first deal, and we've done twelve since in the, in the spaces I talked about. So uh, you know, it's uh, it's we do see a lot of companies. And we, you know, we see a lot of people, and uh, you know, we, we select three years, so on average, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so I have, that's how I got. So what happened there is we we quickly realized, oh my God, you know, we're bringing people in the syndicate. There must be some regulation on this, right? So yeah, we, yeah, yeah so so we see, there are there is the OSC <laughs> wants you to become an EMD, so I had to go back to to class and take exams on these things. What's an EMD? Exempt market dealer. So you're not trading public stocks, but you're 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 uh, putting together syndicates for private stocks. Okay. So you're, yeah, you're regulated by the OSC. You, you have to do audits and you have to do all these compliance stuff. And it's 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 fairly cumbersome, but rightfully so. And the OSC, yeah. for those listening in the States, is the Ontario Securities Commission, which is like the SEC. Yeah, States. exactly. Yeah. So, so, um, so we did that. And then we became, they call us an angel network, right? Okay. Uh, NACO does, which is the, uh, calls us an angel network. National I, Association of... Uh, angels and something national angel something whatever organization uh, yeah <laughs> uh, which we're a member of we're a member of a lot of organizations mm -hmm. um, we're the largest in terms of dollars invested per year right so our money comes so again is considered an it angel it is the largest angel group okay huh. in Canada uh, in terms of money it's considered an angel group again I see uh, that's how they that's how they they put it because we get we syndicate deals I see it, it's an angel it's an angel network um, and because we go early. So there's like other angel groups, which are, you know, the Toronto Angels or Maple Leaf Angels, whatever. So we're the largest in terms of dollars invested. A lot of it is our own capital that we've invested ourselves. and But we've, over the years, built family offices, UK, US, Canada, Mexico that invest with us, uh, that like-minded and, and are invest with us. So that's where we, we're pumping a lot of money into the ecosystem here. So a super nerdy fact. Yeah. Again, partners, the name comes from? My last name. Yeah. If if again. Yeah. So I was looking for a name. Yeah. I figured, and if again, for some reason, everybody says it wrong. So I said, <laughs> you know, iPad, iPhone, iGAN, kind of good. Hope Apple doesn't listen to hear this and sue me for some yeah, reason. <laughs> it's good publicity. Yeah. So okay, so you're uh -huh. like, uh, so you, so what you have is a, uh, so it's it's effectively a syndicate. It's a syndicate. Yeah. Interesting. So and so, so you do like okay. So go ahead. So I was gonna say we. 
over the last three, four, four years, the syndicate has invested $100 million. Yeah. So it's not a small syndicate. Uh, and, that, and then what happened is we built our own fund called Rowan Wood Ventures, mm -hmm. which some of our bigger LPs put money into and we put money into. So we have a traditional VC fund now called Rowan Wood Ventures. And how old is that? That's a year old. So we had a first close. We're going to have a second close. Um, and uh, and the first close was around 30, and we're going to get another 10 or so uh, uh, million dollars. Um, and so, you know, the fund co works with in, in cooperation with the, with the network, and um, that's what we do. So how, when you, Canada uh, and non-Silicon Valley yeah. <laughs> areas tend to not like the early stage because that's really risky. I mean, you can get high net worth individuals to do the angel yeah. funds, but the, even as a syndicate, there's not that many early stage at scale yeah. investments in Canada. Why would you go so early? Like you're going the other way. You're not starting with the fund and then going down market. Mm -hmm. You're going, you know, at the risky bet yeah. and then going up market. Why that? I don't, so, so basically, you know, I think our view of the world is that there's not a lot of people really investing in an early stage, especially on the med tech, but even so on this on the on the SaaS side. Um, so we'll we'll take you know, um, uh, you know, incomplete management teams as long as as they're very good, and an incomplete product as long as it's it's almost done, and and work with them to help build the company. So this is kind of part of your pedigree, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it's, it's basically your story that yeah, you've exactly. Yeah. So it's like you know, so we'll help build management teams. We'll help. We've taken companies right out of the the, the the lab. So with not not a single employee, and now they have lots of employees, and they're growing rapidly. Um, so it, it, it's not for the faint of heart. But if you if you mitigate your risk and really do your work up front, and have a game plan, you can get a good uh, view on how much capital is going to get to bring the product to market, and then the kind of people you're going to need. And as long as you don't overspend there, then you're going to do well after. Uh, obviously, if, if it works, right? Well, that was the yeah, interesting yeah. thing is, is that even if you look at like proper big fat venture yeah. funds in the states, even yeah, I mean their hit rates low. Right? Oh yeah, like it's really hard to be yeah. successful even after you're successful, yeah. or at least you have an obvious amount yeah. of traction. Do you think that you're early because you feel like you have the ability to influence significantly the direction of the company, and that's what you like, and that's yeah. where you think you can have impact? Yes. Yes, I think we can help the company, influence it in the right direction. We've lived through some of the horrors that entrepreneurs live. I know what it makes not not, not to have payroll, and you know. So, so you know, I think we can help them. Mm -hmm. um, we can attract capital to them in ways that they could never do it. So basically, you know, even the VCs are, are sending us deals. Like, oh, we like the deals too early. Mm. Um, uh, you know, uh, uh, I went and did the, the road shows and. In, and everybody liked it, but I'm too early, and I need capital. But I need to get to my next stage. And it's funny. I meet with the, uh, on the medical side. I meet with the VCs, and they go, "Oh, you know, we only invest in companies that have three million dollars in FDA approval." And I go, "Really? Okay. So, how how are those companies come come, come to fruition? Right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, they don't just fall out of the sky. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Somebody's got to bring them there. Three million dollars. So yeah. So 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 three million in revenue. So so there's a real vacuum. I was meeting with a banker in New York, and he told me that they estimate that there's probably 300 medical device companies that are missing because nobody's funded great startups over the last five years. So, so uh, how do you mitigate there? I mean, the reason I think the reason is because it's really risky. You have no idea whether they can. People, people bet the farm. We do things 
So I so I've been told by by the, these bankers that we do things, we we stretch our buck really well. We have top notch engineers, but we don't spend. It's probably an IKEA desk. It's you know it's like low frills, and we don't spend money on stuff we don't have to spend. And therefore the valuations coming in for the VCs that when we do get them to there, right, are are good, mm. right? You don't have you know that's that's the trick. That's the whole thing. Before they were spending. $50 million on what could be done with $10 million. So they wanted $100 million pre-money, and the VCs were coming in, and so they got all blown out of this game, right? Right. So the interesting thing, too, is is that, I mean, I guess you're not a venture fund, but, well, I guess you are now. You've created a fund. Yeah. But as an entrepreneur, you didn't really participate in very many. You didn't get venture funding for many things. It was no. just angel. angel. Yeah, yeah. Is that why you've spent a lot of your time building up this flavor of investment? Because that was the one that worked for you, and you understand how Pro to deploy capital? Yeah, yeah, that's that's probably true and it's also out of sheer necessity because the type of investments that we are investing in yes. is not appealing to VCs so the only people you can syndicate to are family offices and high net worth individuals so it's kind of like a, it's both sides of the same coin but that's that's a, that's how we built that network and do you find that like well, I guess a couple things one is uh, so AngelList has done a lot for the, you know, syndication of yeah. startups, and, yeah. and they've changed a lot. Like law has changed yeah, in states yeah. where like I could invest technically yeah, yeah. as an uncredited investor. Yeah. That hasn't happened in Canada yet. Yeah. Should it? You know, I, I'm not gonna uh, speculate whether it should or not. I mean, some people. Uh, I just find that. Do you think it's a bad idea? I mean, you're doing I, it in Canada in a more professional way. Yeah, I think that should Canada allow something like an angel list? Yeah, I think. Well, to be it legal? should. It should. It yeah. should. The question is: Is it a good investment vehicle? Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, what it does is it makes it's it levels the the playing field for for junk and really good stuff. Right. Right. It's all on the same platform. So so you you know it's and uh, so you got to be a little. You need somebody vetting the deals. And the larger family offices are not going to go on angel list. They want somebody vetting the deals with their own money in the, in the game, right? right? With, so we're, we're always leading first. We lead with a check, a big one. And then that gives a lot of people a lot of comfort. And how has, um, so as we go, like startups have become cool. Like, so since you've been doing them, since you've been investing, actually, what, it's 20, so it's we're in 2012. In the last six or six-ish years, startups have become a thing. They've been hip. Yeah. Everyone's got a startup. Yeah. Not actually a startup, but everyone's got a startup. Yeah, and there's a lot of money that came into the ecosystem, too. Th that, yeah. too. Yeah. So, assume, you know, there's rumors that that's ebbing, uh, not flowing. We'll get to that in a second. But um, how do you, like, I'm, I'm assuming everybody comes to you, and they're all like, we need money. Yeah. And they're of all shapes and sizes, all varying stages of maturity. Hopefully, you've got a filter that gets at the real crap. But how has the narrative being everyone having a startup, how has that affected you as an investor? Is it you've got a huge data set to choose from and there's just so much noise you have to plow through? How do you yeah, manage that's the, exactly it? Yeah. How like, do you do it? So you have a team, it's all we do is look at new at companies. Obviously our big filters are the sectors we 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 are uh, we're investing in, which right away cut out a lot of stuff. So I well, I'll tell you what we do, but we uh, I could also tell you what we don't do, right? So on the healthcare side, we won't look at anything, any therapy, any drug, anything that goes into the body and does something for therapy, we won't touch. So another way of saying it, anything with a complex FDA, we won't touch. Um, on the software side, we don't uh, do anything that is strictly e-commerce, right? So we don't want to start the next cool e-commerce So you wouldn't go into Shopify, for you example. Know, uh, that would not have been something. Well, Shopify is interesting because it's a B2B. 
really, right? It's enabling other business to do e-commerce. So it's B2C it's, specifically. It, yeah, yeah. So B2C. Kind of model. So we're not looking for the next cool retail, e internet retail concept, or, or 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 internet brand, or 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 uh, media uh, thing, or or the next Facebook or app or thing like that, right? So we're totally shying away from that. So so that and we're not in fintech. So so when you sort of cross out these big macro verticals, right, then you're just left with much smaller. So that's our immediate filters. So then you get the fire hose of everyone's got a startup. Yeah. How do you sanely yeah. weed, weed through that to find the signal and the noise? Before, I'm sure it was hard to find startups at all. Yeah. Now it's the opposite. Well, some stuff's too, too early. Yeah. Like, so they, they, it's, it's basically an idea, and they've got some te a team or a virtual team, and they're trying to. So that's too early for us. Um, uh, we don't compete with, we don't want to play compete with other institutional VCs, right? So who have a be you know, better pedigree, bigger names, bigger wallets. So we're not going to be doing the big Series B round and Series C rounds. Um, because we just don't have the the capital or you know the the, the, the necessarily pedigree to do it, um, so what we do is fall keep following on our own existing companies. So we'll we'll participate in the C, the A, the the B, probably not the C, um, and that's kind of how we do. So look, it just takes a lot of patience. It takes you know a lot of uh, you know, and we get tons of. Business plans, cold call, like we don't, we don't take those. It has right. to come in through a trust. Person's got to figure out how to bring it in through a, somebody we trust. Yeah. yeah. So, so there's ways we filter, but it just we see a lot of stuff and we and we kind of have regular meetings. What's interesting? What's not? We we have a way of putting them. In. This is a, a, a like we, the other thing we do is we we meet people a lot before we invest, right? So you know if it happens that they that they go somewhere else, so be it. But generally they don't. So we meet them in three months, then we meet them again in six months, and then we meet them in nine months, and if it looks cool what they did in the last nine months, then we'll start talking, uh, you know. So it's like any kind of dating relationship yeah. where yeah. you, you want to keep tabs of each other, yeah. suss each other out, decide yeah. whether. Have you learned, um, I guess a couple things, have you learned, um, is there signals you look for um, that help you decide? Now you've done this as the entrepreneur, as an investor now for like, a bunch of years and you're doing your own venture capital fund, like, have you seen signals that like this, this is the hallmark of a good entrepreneur that I'm willing to invest in or negative signaling that you're like, this is just terrible. Uh, Aside from yeah. cold calls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I think, I think you want somebody who's, who can admit they're wrong because uh, you're 50 per time, a time you're wrong. So mm -hmm. might as well deal with that. You want somebody who uh, is coachable, it can actually learn from experience and not have to live it themselves. You want to relate to somebody on a personal basis. You want to like them, right? Uh, and and if you're going to work together, you might as well do business with people you like. Uh, so I think you know they have to be there. The usual things have to be there: drive, vision, you know, uh, uh, passion about it, that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I think y you just want people who who you know. It's great if they've been there, done that in that space. But it's getting, you know, it's getting harder and harder to find those kind of people because they tend to have come with their own financing, right? They, they've, they've had their own capital, they've had their own, their own people behind it, and the next people in, in that deal are. So you, we're usually a lot of doing business with first-time entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. which it, they're younger, they're more inexperienced, um, but they got the drive, right? Right. So. Uh, so it's it's interesting because with earlier with later stages it's like data. Yeah. With earlier stages the data is softer. 
like it's soft skills. Yeah. Like do are they human? Do yeah. they understand the space? Yeah. Do they have a, do they have, they have so proven some form of traction? Yeah, it doesn't yeah. necessarily have to yeah. be necessarily money. Yeah. But it yeah, exactly. some, some something inks, something you know, movement some. towards money. Yeah. Uh, I guess the other question is how do you focus as a you've got your areas of focus probably based on your collective experience but as new sexy markets show up you know like fintech is a thing vr is a thing yeah. today bots are a thing mm. those are technologies yeah. not necessarily sectors yeah. how do you um or do you not uh, filter out the hype from the thing that you bother to spend time with like are you are you attracted to other spaces as you see certain hype cycles come or are you just like that's a hype cycle i'm not going to pay attention to it we looked so so yeah so virtual reality we figured we couldn't play at mm -hmm. we have an incredible imaging visualization company yeah, yeah, yeah. we could talk about that is better than anything i've seen out there okay uh but um uh but it's on the medical side mm -hmm. uh you know virtual reality for example we know that it's not just a hardware game it's a software game and it's gonna be won by the big boys mm -hmm. right um, so we we don't want to pick fights with the big guys. We're not gonna, you know, it's like, what's the point? Um, it could be an acquisition, though. Yeah, I mean, like you could build like the coolest VR controller ever. Yeah, and maybe, but we don't want to fight, pick fights with their R and D departments Fair either, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then, uh, you know, fintech is an area that we looked at. So we evaluate. The question is, we evaluate. Okay, you do. Yeah. So so fintech is the next. You know, there's a lot of talk about fintech. It's a it's a it's a highly specialized area. Uh, and, uh, you know, cost of capital is king there. So, you know, if you're building a lending company, you have to have very good cost of capital, right? You have to be, and, you know, people have good cost of capital are usually billion dollar companies because mm -hmm. they can borrow for cheap. Mm -hmm. So, so you know, and we don't have a lot of knowledge in the space. So, so we decided to stay away from it because there was too many people looking at it and we didn't have deep domain expertise. And we saw this massive issue of cost of capital as, as something we'll, we'll never be able to compete against. So for those reasons, we said, look, there's enough, enough there to shy. There's plenty of other rooms, uh, you know, other space to focus on. How do you compete with uh, other angels, if that makes even any sense? Like, how do you differentiate yourself from other, like, if an entrepreneur is lucky enough to have an offer from you and, I guess, a couple of high net worth individuals or angels, yeah. Um, how do you differentiate yourself, or, or do you because you're just in a weird space that's between the VC? And so we we don't try to compete with the angels. We tell the angels let's work together, because we've done a lot of deals where angel networks have invested, and then we've beat them up afterwards on valuation and stuff. And the reason being, what happens is the entrepreneur comes in and says, I need a half million dollars, and the angel group says, oh, we could put that together for you. And they put it together, and a half million dollar deal doesn't get him anywhere. Then he's out raising money again, or she's out raising money, and then, you know, we the way we compete against, we tell the angels, come in as our rounds, because we're going to do three to five million dollar rounds. We're going to write these people enough capital that they can actually focus on the business for a year and not have to, or more, yeah, yeah, and yeah. not have to start fundraising in two right, months, right? right? right. And, and and not make sub and make suboptimal decisions because they don't have the cash, so so that's that's our that's sort of our positioning in the market. We're we're early stage rounds, but with more substantial capital. Do you ever send people back and say, "Stop looking for money, dude. Go build up your business." Yeah, so we've done that with several of our companies, and yeah. we finance them to the point where they don't have to look for money anymore, and we want them to focus on running their business. That's what we right. tell the entrepreneurs. So what we do is we write a pretty substantial check right away. Uh -huh. And then, so let's say, you know, um, you know, public stuff. So, so you know, we put $800,000 in a company. We said, we're going to get you $3 million, uh, $2.2 million. So it's $3 million more. 
go run the business for now. We'll call you as we need you to help us make the pitch, but we'll take care of the rest, right? So that's it's a good story. Resonates well with with investors now, uh, with the entrepreneurs now. They still have to, you know, do roadshows. Usually they have some capital they can bring into a deal. We found a lot of companies have people are saying maybe interesting, you know, <laughs> but they need somebody to crystallize the deal. Yeah. And so that's the role we can play is really, you know, really check, you know, the real investors from the, the tire kickers, we can distill that fairly quickly. So then as you're kind of playing in the venture capital space, yeah. which is a new thing for you yeah. guys, um, is it, how do you differentiate yourself there? Because it's less... It's still early stage. Yeah. So what we do is we tell them, um, it's the same. It's the same sort of process. We say, you know, we're going to still give you seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, or a million dollars, or five hundred thousand dollars, and we're going to syndicate the rest. The only difference is now the 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 the, uh, the fund enables us to to use the fund and do a lot of follow on, substantial follow on. I see. Yeah. So, how, how do you like in your in your opinion, like, is is your goal to like? You've sort of flipped it. You're like, I have the opportunity to play in a bunch of different businesses, yeah. which is the fun part of yeah. this whole thing. Yeah. And is that why you've you've gone onto this and then into venture capital? Because you get to play in a bunch of different businesses yeah. as opposed to focusing on one? Yeah. And so, so when somebody pitches, like, are you looking for simpatico people? Is that how you... Simpatico people, I'm looking for big visions. Yeah. Like, not another me too, this. Somebody who wants to disrupt something big. Um, you know, really innovative te- uh, on the medical side. Really innovative te- technology is going to have a real impact on people's lives. So, so it doesn't have to be disruption in the Silicon Valley sense. It could just be like impact, large impact. Large impact. It doesn't have to disrupt yeah. necessarily in the Uber way. Yeah. But if it's like, oh my God, we it, can now image the inside of the brain's blood vessels. Yeah, exactly. Like and we could thing. save these many lives or, or, or we make blind people see. We have a company called eSight that actually makes blind people see. It's incredible. Uh, it's an incredible story. It's a great Canadian technology story. Uh, I urge you to, to go on the website. You'll freak out. You, you, your initial reaction is, is not. This is not true. Yeah, it's true, uh, and it works, and it's selling like crazy. Um, uh, uh, the you know, and then you know, we are people are trying to transform the 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 sports youth fundraising space. People are transforming the live marketing space. These are big. Areas like twenty billion dollars is raised for youth sports. Live marketing accounts for a third of all marketing, but it's not disrupted by software. Um, uh, police forces are still doing the same way they did, collecting data the same way they did before. So we're looking for something that's fundamentally changing something in a big market. So one accusation that's made of Canadian companies, non-Silicon Valley companies generally, but Canadian companies in particular, is that they just don't think big enough. Is that your experience, or is there something else? Not that's, at all. No. So no, what's the problem uh, then? Why is that the narrative? I don't know where they get that narrative. <laughs> I, the, the, our, our customers, our companies, the first thing they do is look to the U.S. for customers. They don't right. even bother Canadian customers. Right. right? Uh, so, so uh, you know, so I, I don't see that at all in any of our, of our. They might get their start here, right? Sure. But it's because they're they're calling on a local customer, but their immediate idea is, can you refer me to the U.S. parent, right? Right. So you think it's just myopic? We're just being myopic about you know the first two steps or something like that, and not realizing that we're in a global market. I I, I I have not seen any companies. Uh, well, I shouldn't say any. It's a myth that Canadian companies are focused on the Canadian market. It's simply not true. Mm. Uh, they're focused on the U.S. market. Uh, it's also about growth and having the vision to grow a company beyond just okay. I've got three customers. I'm going to sell to 
whatever, you know, uh, so you're like a Shopify about, or a Hootsuite. There's not that many. You're talking about do do companies sell uh, their their to, sell to out, execute their vision at, at scale? Execute they exit before scale. Yeah. Yes, there is a tendency for Canadian companies to do that, but it's not not not. Is that investor driven? Is that it's it's cultural? It's, that? it's not cultural. It's just it is what it is. It's one of those things because the big companies are American. The buyers are American, right? So, you know, so, so uh, yes, we can build some companies to scale, but at some point, some European or American company or Japanese conglomerate is going to come by and say, I'll give you money like it's, you built it to scale, so what's the point, right? right? And whereas it's, so I don't view that as uh, selling out. It's, it's not selling out. It's just doing the... The, the logical thing. Yeah, I, I often think it's the sample size is small. Yeah. Like if you look at the American companies in America yeah. going, like creating themselves, a hell of a lot of them sell. Yeah. Just there's a lot more companies. Exactly. And so there's very few. Yeah. I, I don't know what the statistics are, but I bet you as an, as a proportion, it's not, we probably have less, but not yeah. order of magnitude. But again, nobody's actually, I don't know if anyone's actually done that study and looked at it. It's going be an interesting study to do. I think they just have more critical size, yeah. critical mass, sorry, in terms, if you're you're building a next, you know, you're building an uh, uh, Apple or Facebook, right? You, the minute that's sort of, you get that, that, that eureka tipping point, you get, you get 10 times scale. So you, you it's, so, so I think it's but just... We would, you, you said yourself, and I think you're representative of yeah. a lot of Canadian investors, you're like, I don't think I would build... I wouldn't, like B2C, you know, yeah. like actually, I mean, Facebook is B2B technically, but using C, it's B2B2C or however you want to look yeah. at it. Um, I, I still don't, I personally think we can't build a Facebook in Canada. We just could not. We're not that kind of country. Um, well, we're not American. Right. Right. So so the Americans is have a bigger a market. No, it's not a problem. We've got to focus on our strengths, right? Mm -hmm. Can't have everything. So as we close out, because that's it's fascinating, uh, we're running out of time, but I want to ask you something we talked about before the show is being an early stage investor, as time goes on, you slowly get potentially, you start to stay on a board because you're sitting on all the boards, not you personally, yeah. you or one of your partners is sitting on the boards of all the companies you invest in, helping them get to the place they need to be. Sometimes they'll go for other rounds of funding and you get booted off mm -hmm. in place of someone else. Sure. How do you make sure that you're helping and your, your views are represented and that the entrepreneur is helped by you, or I mean, does that not stop because you've got the relationship? Uh, it, you know, uh, it's it's usually tails off. Once you get really big investors that run big substantial checks, they're going to pay a, very, a lot of attention, which is great. Uh, and they have great networks and great they can help a lot more. So I don't view that as a um, as a necessary uh, uh, you know bad thing. Right, so the way you protect yourself, going back to your question, is you got to do it up front. You got to build it right into the agreements on how you know. Approve. At the first, when you invest, or when when the, when the new guys come in, in. yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, so, so you got to build into the agreements in terms of the devils in the detail in, in those situations for sure. So, in terms of information rights and all the 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 the, 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 the possible scenarios that can occur, that you're protected. Right. So, so there's the preemptive rights. There's all kinds of stuff that you can build into agreements that at least you know uh, your your interest can be aligned with any investor's interest, and that's really critical. So, is it like there's the information, which is the digestion, but then there's the action. So you're not sitting at the table. Yeah. Does that like is that involve like what's an example like be able to vote on certain things that you wouldn't normally be able to because the person normally takes that away? Or? Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, what do you negotiate? So, 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 so you're really negotiating. 
uh, in, I mean, in terms of the actual documents? Yeah, like yeah. What's an example of a thing you'd want to make sure? So I, I would want to have to preemptive rights. I would want to have. What does that mean? So preemptive rights means is if there's any other financing, you have the right to participate in, in a proportional okay. way. So you cannot, if they're underpricing it, for example, and want to have it in the family, you know, you you can preempt them, right? You want to have information rights so you can know exactly what state the company's in. You want to have the ability to, they, you know, to 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 piggyback or or there's certain very and you know this is where a very good lawyer is important. There are certain ways you can protect yourself such that any nothing can happen to your detriment. Mm -hmm. So unless it happens to the other the detriment of the others. Right. So so you're very aligned with the the new investors. So yeah, a you're not making the their this the decisions at the board. You're voting on certain things. You vote as a shareholder. Sure. Uh, uh, but you know that somebody, that the person that is making the decision has got a lot more money at stake and, and is probably a lot more knowledgeable than you are in that particular domain. So that gives you comfort. And that, now you're aligned with them. Uh, that's really cool. Have, you, have any of your companies gotten to the point where they've gone public yet or not yet? No. no. Too, too early days. Too early days. Yeah. We've had, you know, we should have an exit or so in the next year. That's great. Yeah, we think we're some some people sniffing around some of our companies. Look at our website; you're going to see some really cool companies. I was going to. I'm just going to point people to it at the end. So, what's next for you guys? Is it building the venture fund, continuing to grow the syndicate, or keep this syndicate the same size? We're you know, it's all growth growth on that. Yeah, more more companies. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, we're investing in a company very shortly, um, and just you know we're opportunistic. If we think. Uh, the market shifted away from something is an opportunity there. We'll do that if, if we think it's time to just sort of, uh, you know, uh, if there's too much money gone in and there's a vac. You mentioned something about, uh, 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 you know, inevitable cap. Yeah, are you influenced by that narrative, or is it a narrative? Like I think it's just people. Well, the VCs, the VCs in the U.S. have definitely retrenched. Yes. Uh, there's no question about that. So, we've gone to all our portfolio companies and said whatever milestones. You think you needed to hit? They're at 12 months, right. so you, you know, spend it accordingly. Right. 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 Um, and um, so, yeah, there's opportunities out there from companies that that ha are still fundamentally good, but because the market shifted and there's less access to capital. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks very much for coming on the show. We've timed out. It should be noted, uh, although it doesn't influence the podcast, but just in the interest of full disclosure, Meta, which is one of your portfolio companies, is a client of TWGs. Um, so. With that being said, uh, if people want to check out IGAN Partners, where do they go? IGANPartners.com. IGANPartners.com. Yeah. I-G-A-N Partners.com. Or Rowan Ventures. And I forgot that I wanted to add a, a, a little fun fact. Sure. So Rowan Wood yes. is the wood that Harry Potter uses to make his magic wand. Cool. Cool. So that's helpful. And it's also the streets that you're on in yes, Toronto. Yeah, yeah, but yes, yeah, yeah. I think that unfortunately the street yeah. came first yeah. in Toronto. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The street came first, but we said, should we name it? And we Googled it and said, oh, cool. That's 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 really cool. That's good. And how do you spell Rowanwood for those who aren't uh, downtown? R O W A N Wood Ventures.com. Rowanwoodventures.com. Cool. So well, thanks very much for taking the time to come on the show. Really Pleasure. appreciate it, Sam. Check out the website. This was Entrepreneurs in Small Rooms Drinking Coffee. Thanks to TWG for sponsoring the show. Thanks to Nick Kuhn for producing it. And we'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody.